Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. You know that shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. What's good people and we are back for the Tuesday, well you'll be listening to this on Wednesday, a Wednesday instalment of Shots Fired. I am one of the co-hosts, Mr. Chisanga Malata. Uh, I was away last week because duty called, I had to work a late shift, I have to help edit with the papers, so um, I'm glad to be back. Joining me is the man who recruited me many, many a moon ago, and I think he recruited me first for the world class and we were actually on the train back from Bellator London at <laughs> a ridiculous hour in the morning I'm of course talking about Mr. Michael Morgan Mike how you doing I'm incredible and it's good to see you back from your booty call did you say booty call nah duty calls bro oh duty call the <laughs> <laughs> booty call nah 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 unfortunately for myself it was not that at that moment in time and of course <laughs> live from New Jack City, chilling in a hammock, no less. We got G. G As usual, in the hammock, chilling, relaxing. Y'all ran off my cat. He was in the hammock with me, but y'all was so damn loud. He left. But I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing well, and I'm happy to see both of you. That's good. That's good. I, again, I do enjoy our week- weekly catch-ups. Um, it saddens me when actually I can't be there, well, virtually be there, obviously. But... We're back. Obviously, we're missing Kairos. Kairos, we miss you. Uh, I think Kairos. Better thing. I think. Yeah, I think feel is, better. Eat yeah, better. Hope- eat better food. Make better life choices. <laughs> yeah, it looks like McDonald's got his ass. So. I, I thought it was roadkill. <laughs> roadkill. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, Kairos eats off the floor. What? <laughs> Why anyway, so we, wish, <laughs> we, we wish him well, and uh, I think he's just mentally preparing himself for his uh, other half to be fighting this weekend. That, of course, is Macy Chiasson, who will be fighting this weekend. Indeed. Yeah, Friend of the show. Him? What did yep. you say? Friend of the show. Friend of the show, yep. Shout mm. out to Macy. Shout out to Macy. All right, guys. There's been a lot, actually, that's gone on over the last few days. Uh, obviously, I didn't catch up with you guys on Saturday. I'm sure you talked about... Leon Edwards' uh, unfortunate return to the Octagon, so we won't, we'll probably delve into that later in the show. But really, the big news, uh, I think, started even before that. Like, a kind of, kind of a big bombshell and a big talking point was uh, Dana White talking about a certain celebrity boxing match which is going to be going on. And I do believe, Mike, the floor is yours when it comes to this matter. Well, thank you. I do have some audio. Listen, let's be honest. Jake Paul isn't a fucking boxer. This guy's a fucking but YouTube even, kid. Gonna bring I went up there and I watched watch. him. He be working yeah. hard though, Dana. Dana, Dana. He's a great fighter. He be working hard. I watched him. I watched him. So the kid that he's going to fight is a wrestler. You know, a, a, a real good wrestler. Decorated wrestler. But 
He's, he's actually fought real guys. He, he, he's been a world champion in, in other organizations oh, in awesome. MMA. It's going to be an interesting test Yeah, but him, it's huh? different, though, Dana. When you're standing up and you, you know, from wrestling and standing up and letting him hand fly. Now, well, I'm not Let me saying. tell you what. I hope you can bet on this thing because I'll, I'll fucking, I'll bet a million dollars. Oh, here we that go. That he loses this fucking fight. Dana White. Whoa! Bet a million dollars. That he loses this fight. A million. So I hope we can bet on this. I love wow. this guy, Paul. This guy, look, he got wow. a bet millions of wow. bucks down here. It's wow. Dana, Dana's now, not playing. That was an excerpt from Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's exceptional um, podcast with um, Zab Judah now. He seems to like change hosts quite frequently, old uh, Mike Tyson. But Zab Judah's in the uh, co-host chair and the guest, as you heard there, was Dana White. Now for me, the thing that really struck me wasn't the fact that he was actually going with, um, with, 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 with- Ben Askren. Ben Askren, thank you, that's baby <laughs> there. Old age catching up with me. It wasn't the fact that he was going with Ben Askren. It was the fact that the million dollars and the million dollar bet actually tripped off his tongue so quickly. Now, this is a man who has gaslighted us to the effect where he's led us to believe that there's no money in the UFC's coffers. The coffers are dry. The, uh, the cupboard is bare, as old Mother Hubbard would say. And um, I was a little bit taken aback by how quickly he drew for that million dollars. Now, again, rein me in. I feel as though if you've got that amount of money to spend, to spend and to whip that off off the top of your tongue, at well, the tip of your tongue so quickly, surely when it comes to fighter paying, when it comes to fighter pay in terms of negotiation, you should be as quick and so eager to uh, make sure that, you know, these are the type of figures that we're talking about. Now, okay, mm-hmm. I jest, but surely, you know, the fact that you're so quick to dole out this money in terms of like looking after your fighters, that would be kind of a priority for you. Now, I actually put this out earlier on Twitter in terms of a talking point, and we had a few um, people actually chime in and comment. First off was MMA by Milliken. He said that the mere fact that he's there talking about a boxing match is an insult, especially a glorified exhibition match between two misfits. Calling Dana a promoter is a joke and isn't even funny at this point. He has a million dollars to spend, yet shortchanges main event talent. So kind of echoing what I was saying. Now, Ross, um, Ross Cameron chimed in. He's got more money than sense, but we already knew that. Kind of harsh, but maybe kind of true. Um, Matt Honky Lips. <clears throat> Sorry, I- I'm reading this what? off the page. <laughs> Matt Hongulips have chimed in to say, don't forget that Dana traded Demetrius Johnson for Ben Askren. So he's essentially bet $1 million plus DJ on the stand-up game of Ben. Now, the stand-up game that lost to a single strike in five seconds. No way Dana actually goes through with the payment when Ben gets starched. And you know, that's why that's why I said to you initially, it made me think, what are you doing here? This is someone that you have bet against in the past. Now, um, it's not cage fighting chimed in to say, I don't get how he's willing to do this, but A, won't pay his fighters more, B, won't do the same thing for Pitbull versus Volkanovski. Um, now, 
<laughs> to be honest with you, I wasn't surprised by the actual responses that um, we received by way of like feedback and the fans chiming in there. But I put it out to you. Am I out of pocket by saying, look, Dana needs to put more emphasis, more store and more um, care when dealing with his fighters. That sends the wrong optics, the wrong message. And I think fighters by right would be or should be up in arms when he's dealing with them so shabbily when it comes to pay. Now, I'm going to go to G first, just to answer that. Um, if I was a UFC fighter, I would feel the way you just described. Like, I would be in my feelings to hear my boss say, oh, no, you know, we can't pay them any more money or whatever he says, whatever excuses he comes up with for not paying them, then for him to turn around and just put like a million dollars down <laughs> on, <laughs> on Ben Askren, like it's nothing. But, I mean, we all know Dana White and, and his angle. I mean, he's benefiting from underpaying them. And also, he's a multimillionaire, correct? So what does that million dollars have to do with him paying his fighters? You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the money, him paying the fighters doesn't actually come out his direct deposit. So he can feel free to do whatever he wants with his money. But Mike, if I worked for him, I would feel some type of way being underpaid and my boss flippantly making million dollar bets, even though that money doesn't come out his pocket. Yeah. I would feel some type of way. And I think it's OK if the fighters do. But I would suggest that they probably like keep quiet about that. I'm a podcaster. Me and Mike can talk shit about that. But if I was mm -hmm. a fighter, it would definitely be a conversation I'd be having at home with my wife and be grumbling about it. But I, I understand Dana's angle. I don't agree with it. I don't condone it. But we all know the name of the game. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I kind of echo your, uh, your, 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 your thoughts on it, G. Like, in particular, um, the, the very valid point that you made that <clears throat> from Dana's own, own pocket, it's, it's not the, uh, the, the pool of yeah. UFC have for, for fighters. I mean, can you imagine if he's like, you know what, I'll take a million dollars from the prize money and then... Uh, <laughs> Did, did you see did you see my girlfriend just put the teddy bear into view i wondered what she that did was. I was yeah, like, what's framed. going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah the my feet cutting up that kind of threw me off uh threw me off, off, off my flow there actually yeah. you know, we'll have the bear we'll have the khabib's bear back please tell right. you to get the bear back there you go, there you go. <laughs> oh, hello, <bear. laughs> anyway yeah i'd Obviously, alarm bells would be ringing and uh, fighters would quite rightly be able to be furious if Dana White was, say, dipping into the allocated performance of the night bunny for the year to, to make this bet. But he's not. But even still, I would be I would be vexed. Yeah, vexed is the is the is the proper way to to that's the right word to use if my boss was paying me let's say if you're a new ufc fighter okay like okay let's say you're earning 20 and 20 and you only fight like maybe two or three times a year and yet you see your boss making seven figure bets like it's yeah it, it, i think he just has to manage the situation a bit more obviously he's or be, be a bit wary of what he's saying to be honest because obviously there's always going to be gripes with uh with fighter pay and understandably so considering i think uh their revenue in 2019 i think it was close to a billion dollars. I don't think it was bang on a billion wow. dollars, but obviously wow. it has to be uh, 2019, not 2020, because we don't know the, the uh, well, 
well, we don't know whether those figures haven't been released, but although Dana White did even say that, oh yeah, this year has been one of our best years in terms of uh, like new view, subscribers or fight pass and everything. But ultimately, even though they're raking in the cash, the, uh, I, I think, I think the uh, percentage that the fighters get, it's between 18 and 20%. And I saw, I saw a stat earlier this, earlier this week. I wish I could find the tweet for you. And I think actually Bellator pays, a bit more to their fighters than, than the UFC. Mm-hmm. So, Dana, yeah, I mean, and also, right, yes, he's, he's putting a hell of a lot of faith in Ben Askren. But part of me, do you know what? Like, the more and more I... was I, just I, about to ask y'all about that. Like, what do you think of the actual wager? And do you think he wins it? But go ahead, just got interrupted. Part, yeah, part of me is like, I don't, like, after reassessing the situation a bit more, like... If Ben Askren can close the distance and make this a dirty boxing fight, if he can drag this kid past like the third, the third or fourth round, I think we could see an upset. I really do. Like, I mean, let, let's not forget Ben has been clinching and throwing people around and using his weight for his childhood, basically. So I, I don't know, but ugh, but then again, I've just got this fear that. <laughs> MMA's reputation is just going to go up in smoke when a YouTuber. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that up, as well. Absolutely lights up a a, a two uh, a two promotion world champion. Just and like, what if Jake? And what if Jake is overlooking him or whatever brother? I don't know which one is fighting him. I just know point, one yeah. of them, Jake. What if Jake is also overlooking him the same way we all kind of are? Like we're all just assuming that Ben Askren is this horrible box, boxer. What if Jake comes in there with that attitude and gets lumped up? You know, like. I'd love to uh, see ben, it. Yeah, Ben has hired uh, Freddie Roach in? and all types of stuff. But I'm still picking Jake. <laughs> Sorry to cut you. Sorry to cut you, Jake. No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Just jump in. Jasanga, are you on crack? <laughs> How the hell is there going to be an upset? We've seen those horrible hands that Askren is famed for in warming up. We've seen the pre-fight... Um, build up in terms of him actually leading up to a fight his hands are horrible and that is at range now imagine him doing that close up what is he gonna do i personally think that dana has got this well and truly twisted i'm i would put a million on jake paul and oh. make bank 100 me too me he too because box yeah we because you can't insane. fix ben Askren's problems yeah, yeah, he's horrible. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. We've we, 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 we witnessed this man make a fool of himself inside the octagon when it comes and, to throwing hands. And you can't fix his mistakes just by hiring Freddie Roach, even though I just said he hired him and he's taking it serious. But one camp with an expert boxing coach does not fix what we saw <laughs> with Ben Askren. I'm sorry. Like, I get what you're saying. And uh, Jake Paul, I think he's like early 20s. He's younger than 25. Yeah, his body is still adapting to and, and and growing with the boxing technique that he's learning. Do you know what I mean? It's not quite the same as when you chuck a child into martial arts and their body grows with uh, as they uh, progress in the sport. But he has that advantage. But I mean, yeah, Jake Paul, Jake Paul, he can, he can actually box. You can like, I'm not saying he yes. can box at a, a, a world level or a European level or what have you, but he can he can throw hands fairly decently, fairly decently. Uh, but. I just want to see him like this will be the first time he's fighting an actual fighter, a professional fighter, though. That's mm. a bit. And part of me, I, I just love it. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just fantasizing and maybe I'm just thinking of the potential payoffs of, of betting on Ben Askren to, 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 to win. But 
I just think that maybe if he can get in and just make this a dirty boxing match and take it past like the the third or fourth round. But as I say that, I'm thinking of Ben's cardio, which has been conditioned for five minute rounds and mixed martial arts and not necessarily used to the pace of boxing uh, boxing rounds. I mean, that, that happened to the fatigue set in for Conor McGregor in the fight with Floyd Mayweather because uh, obviously he's conditioned his body to compete for say three or five five minute rounds for so long but then when it came to like round seven or eight his body was just like what the fuck mm-hmm. but anyway you know what oh yeah you know i'm putting it out here ben Askren is going to shock the world that is ben Askren is going to shock the world <laughs> and beat jake paul by i think maybe 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 a tko but a tko from like fatigue you know kind of like how mayweather stopped connor he didn't actually stop him feel like as in he was hurt he stopped him because of fatigue or it goes to yeah. uh, the judge's score. He just couldn't continue. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is my prediction. And I'm probably going to have egg on my face and everybody's going to be at me saying, what the fuck <laughs> when Ben Askren gets starts, if he gets starts. Yeah. It's an intriguing matchup, believe it or not. I never thought that Ben Askren fighting a YouTuber would spark yeah. interest <laughs> in me. The thing is as well, right? Anybody like I'm, and I'm, I'm intrigued. I can't believe I'm saying it. Thing is right. Dana's bet at, I think Dana doesn't realize he's inadvertently like probably giving them maybe like an extra 50,000 or a hundred thousand pay-per-view buys from this. Like it's, and obviously I think he was just uh, bigging up Aspen because this kid Jake Paul has talked so much mad shit about him and, yeah. and, and mixed martial arts, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, if, if I was D- Dana, honestly, I would stay away from that conversation and that bet because just in case Ben Askren flops and it looks bad on MMA, I wouldn't want exactly. to be associated with that. And I would just yeah. kind of keep it moving with my organization and just never had said a thing about it so that yeah. nobody, I don't get any MMA blowback. Cause if he gets smoked, the boxing community is going to drag us yeah. as the MMA community and they and should. And also if Ben loses terribly, if he flops, he'll give us plenty. He'll give them plenty of ammo to drag us to. He looks pretty damn bad in the stand-up, y'all. So it's yeah. not just you know the optics in terms of him actually backing Ben and backing Ben big. It's the amount of money he's putting behind this guy as well. He's not just it's, it's and just who he is. It's not just talk. This is the president of a mixed martial arts organization, the premier mixed martial arts organization, putting all of his money on one guy. And that guy has got shit hands. Plus, it's not just any amount of money. We're not talking $1,000. We're not talking $100,000. We're talking $1 million on somebody who has proven and has shown us that his hands are horrific. So of course he's going to look pretty bad and we're all going to look pretty bad as a result of that. I can imagine the boxing uh, or the amount of flaming we're going to get from the boxing community. The football community might even join in as well. (laughs) True. I think we've lost G, you know, she's disappeared. Well, just by the slick technology, she's going to be back in just a second. And uh, we're going to use a little bit of filler whilst we're doing this, while she actually enters the room. Your hair, my brother. Oh, man. Tell me about the barber and that he's booked and ready and he's, 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 he's coming around for you because you're, you're going back to the 70s of that haircut, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I know. I just, yeah, I'm trying to think when the last time I had a haircut. I think it was... 10 months ago? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not quite. Not quite. I think it was... It must have been 
Yeah, before before I started my new job, so uh, early December. Yes. Wow. I would be so. I know, man. And like, plus, it's been growing. It's been growing extra, uh, extra quick because I've been putting in Jamaican castor oil, everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, yeah, it's good. It's long. I know about that castor oil, yo. Oh, it works. It works. It's a, it's, it's a miracle, miracle for uh, people with receding hairlines like myself. But. Anyway, my bad, my bad, y'all. My connection went down. I'm back. Okay, speaking of follicles, here we are with the next. See, here we are with the next. I see what you did. Segment. Who's bringing their uh, issue, their point, their um, their hot topic to the table next? I guess I'll go next. Yeah, I think you should you should uh, jump in on this because your topic is just a couple hours old, actually. Right. It's kind of fresh. And I blame Michael Morgan for whatever rant that I'm about to participate in, because (laughs) this was not my subject matter. I'm still upset at the Masvidal versus Usman announcement and the fact that these men in that division act like divas. And we'll get to that in another episode or maybe later. But Mike sent me an article about Mr. Herb Dean and Mr. Herb Dean in this article from courtesy of BJPenn.com. Herb Dean felt that Darren Stewart baited Eric Anders into throwing an illegal knee. And I cannot believe that, one, he can say something like that, two, as a referee. And also, two, I think we need to have a full-on discussion about referees calling illegal knees, eye pokes, whatever, intentional or unintentional, because there's a huge gray area in that, in that area <laughs> of how the fuck do you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what makes you the, the judge bearer, whatever I want to say? How do you know that? How do you know what if somebody can intentionally do something or not when you're watching them fight in a cage? But here we go. Let me just give you a lowdown a little bit on this article that got me so riled up. And I'll read I'll read what it says briefly. And it says here, UFC executive Mark Ratner had something to say. And I'm going to read his uh, what he had to say about Herb Dean and this whole shenanigans with Anders and Darren Stewart. Anders was hurting Stewart up against the fence with punches and looked to be on his way to a win when Stewart went to the mat and took a knee. Anders nailed him in the head with an illegal knee and the fight was stopped. Dean declared the foul unintentional and thus the fight was ruled a no contest. The fact that Dean called it a no contest instead of a DQ, which Peter Yan was hit with by a referee, Mark Smith, when he nailed Aljamine Sterling in the head, left some fans, that fan would be me, left some fans who were watching to take to social media to share their confusion on why one of these fights was a no contest and the other was a disqualification. So Mac, so Mark Ratner, the vice president of regulatory affairs with the UFC, said that the reason why this gray area exists is because they've given referees the discretion Mm-hmm. And his trust to say whether these knees or DQs or no contests were unintentional or intentional. And I don't think that's cr- right. I think that leaves plenty of room for referees like Herb Dean, who, who are known to make lots of mistakes, to make more mistakes with this discretion. You understand? And I also don't think it's appropriate for a referee to discuss whether he thinks something is in- unintentional or not. And I think it was very unprofessional of Herb Dean to kind of say this about Darren Stewart without it really knowing it for it to be true or not. How do you know if he baited him or not? Just because you saw him losing the fight and getting beat mm-hmm. up by Eric doesn't mean he thought to himself, let me get down on the ground 
and and get you know put put myself in a position where he can't hurt me anymore. I think that's really foul of him to say that, whether he thinks it's true or not. I think referees need to remain impartial, and I wonder how Darren Stewart is feeling today about this allegation. If I'm upset, can you imagine Darren Stewart? So my question to you fellas is that, what do you think of this gray area and the discretion of a referee saying, hey, it's unintentional or not without proof? And also tell me what you think of Herb Dean saying this about a specific fighter in Darren Stewart. And I'm going to start with uh, Michael Morgan, the man that sent this to my email and got me riled up in the first place. And just like you, I was riled up. But full disclosure, I do regard um, Darren Stewart highly um, to a level where, you know, I would count him as, you know, a friend. As you probably would uh, have seen previously, he has um, appeared on the show, not just on the show, but he's helped me out in the past with episodes of Come Dine with MMA. So I've got an emotional attachment with him. So I just think full disclosure, get that out there. Because when I read that, I was highly pissed off because what gives them the right to publicly air a man like that, to actually malign right. And, you know, it's not as though this was ambiguous. Now, let me just park that, what I just said, just for a second, because in all fairness, to give uh, Herb Dean his, his full um, props here, he may have been misquoted. It's not outside the realm of possibility yeah. that um, BJPen.com have recently come under fire for getting things out of context, for misquoting and for putting things into a type of conversation which kind of skews the original message. That being said, I can only go off what this headline actually enticed me to read and that was what you have read out there. I was dismayed, I was disgusted. I was really, really disappointed, not only that it was so public, not only that it was quite disparaging, but who gives them the right to actually um, put this out in an arena where it actually, you know, unbeknownst to them, I'm not saying that this happened or that this will happen, but there is the potential that it will actually affect the fighter who ultimately will read this because he will be tagged into these articles. They need to think about um, what ramifications a fighter reading this what could actually transpire from that? A fighter might be thinking, you know what? Fuck this for a game of soldiers. I'm going to throw this in. I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm just going to call it quits. You guys don't like me. It's clear from what you said that you don't like me. And, you know, you disparaging my character is the last straw. Could have said that. Second part of your question in terms of, do I agree with this? Hell no. I think that um, refs being given the right or refs being given the scope to actually, in their own interpretation, determine whether it was an uh, intentional or unintentional foul, just set them up for further criticism, for, sorry, further criticism and critique, especially someone like Herb Dean, who I've got like high regard for, but has on numerous occasions put himself forward in terms of uh, mistakes in terms of things which he has got wrong in the past. It just, I think, gives more scope for interpretation that, you know, really and truly is subjective. So it's a bad thing to say to the refs, okay, it's down to your interpretation. Now, this is what's actually transpired. This is what's actually happening. 
I think it's a bad move. I think it's a bad um, idea. Yeah, I I, I agree mm-hmm. with what you what you said. But um, also, I wanted to quickly comment 100%. on what you said about um, about the the, the whole BJ Penn website. I know there was an incident recently with I, I think it was the. Uh, Dan Hardy took umbrage at how they presented the uh, his his dismissal, the story of his his dismissal. Yeah, um, but also like I I know for this was like the previous 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 regime of BJ Penn who became BJPenn.com, not BJ Penn, uh, who are notorious for uh, as you said getting things out of context and not presenting things accurately. But those guys over there have actually done a decent job. I know uh, guy Scott Hernandez in particular. Uh, Tom Taylor, who's actually gone now and gone, gone on to Bleacher Report, those guys did actually a really good job of uh, clearing it up. But with as it pertains to to Mark Ratner, um, I don't want to sound really really harsh or or what have you, but Mark Ratner's quite. Oh, no, let me. This, this is going to sound harsh. Me saying it either either way. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Yeah, say it with Let's your chest. No, no, I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying. Uh, he's an older gentleman. Maybe he didn't necessarily remember the conversation with Herb, the the way that it was. Because for for the life of me, I don't think that Herb Dean will come out and say that um, Darren Stewart baited him into into it. Considering the amount of interactions that they have with the fighters and, and and everything, and the likelihood that you're gonna you're gonna ref them like maybe what three, four, five, six times, or I, I don't know. I just it, that doesn't sit well with me. I don't think he would have come out and said that. Per, per, perhaps I'm wrong. Per, perhaps I'm wrong. And as it pertains to the issue of discretion, I think it's a it's, it's a dangerous line, right? I think you just got to have you just got to have it in black and white. There should be no gray whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And looking back at the knee, I just I just rewatched it as well. Obviously, it wasn't as bad as Peter Yans. Peter Yans was the most intentional foul. I've ever seen. And yes, people are saying, oh yeah, it was his corner that instructed him. But there have also, um, I can't remember the name of the the guy, one of the other guys at ESPN, he spoke to Peter Yan after the fight. Uh, it's, it's Phil something. I don't know. I don't know what his name is. Not Phil, the MMA dude, but shout out to, uh, <laughs> yeah, shout out to him anyway. But um, I, I can't remember what is Phil Murphy. That's it. And he said that Jan didn't hear his corner tell him to, uh, to, to, to uh, land the strike. But I don't think that knee was as bad. And it was more kind of in the moment than, uh, than Jan's because Jan like had time to process everything, right? It wasn't as if Sterling literally dropped to four and like it was a knee jerk reaction. This was, he had his time, like <laughs> he lined him up and he, he threw the knee. Like the knee was even so bad that my, uh, my girlfriend who, who brought this guy into the, <laughs> the frame... For those of us listening, I brought the, the teddy bear back in, in, into shot. Uh, the first thing that she said after I woke up from my overnight shift, she was like, oh, he should be banned from the sport. And that's like a casual perspective of it. Uh, but go, going, I've, I've digressed. I've completely gone off, gone off on a <laughs> tangent here. But I don't like the idea of it being at the referee's discretion. Yes, there are some, there are probably some clear instances where you can clearly see, okay, it's an accident and what have you, then you won't rule a, a disqualification or what have you. But then again, I just like cold, hard, black and white lines that there's, there should be no gray no area. Gray area. Yeah. No gray area. Yeah. Not going to lie. I, I'm sitting here and hearing you speak and the fact that G has brought this to the, to the table, I'm starting to, I'm fuming. I'm fuming because of 
the, the disparaging remarks. And I'm fuming because of what the implications are for Darren as a fighter. Imagine being accused of baiting another fighter to knee you. What ludicrous planet is this man on? But in calming myself down then, okay, if it's not gonna be the ref's discretion, to decide whether a knee was intentional or unintentional then. This is just like a follow-on question from what you've just put out there, G. Mm-hmm. Then who does make that call? Where right. does lie? Who is actually do we, do we watch replays? Do we, like, what do we, how do you know something is intentional or not? That just seems like a decision you make and it's in your mind, in your head. How do you make that something visual for others to see and for a ref to say, hey, you did that on purpose. You know, I kind of understand the Peter Yan situation because the ref at that time, he said he told Peter Yan the opponent was down and he did it anyway. So I kind of understand where he gets the leeway to say, hey, that was intentional. But I don't think that leeway should exist. I think if you do something that hurts a fighter and he can't continue on, you should be disqualified. Period, you know, or or case it should be a disqualification. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it it sounds harsh. And I understand a lot of people are not going to like my take on this. But if you penalize these fighters in the cage first time, no warning, take a point or disqualify them, whatever, and make sure it's pretty harsh. I guarantee you we're going to see less eye pokes. I guarantee you they're going to be more cognizant of kneeing down opponents because this taking a point and disqualifying them ultimately fucks with their career if they if they succumb to it right imagine look at peter yan he's no longer champion can you imagine if if the ufc was strict about this people wouldn't dare to throw a knee at a down opponent and there would be no pawing somebody's face like this to figure out if you can head kick them no more people would be like this because it's like you're not going to put your career on the line knowing right away you're going to get a point you know you see the G in your name stands for genius. That is perfect. <laughs> no, seriously, you have nailed it. That is what they need to do. I was puzzled there for a second thinking, okay, if the refs aren't going to be bought into this in terms of them being the deliverer of this, them being the decider of this, then what happens? But no, that's, that is perfect. That is so clear and that is so concise. We need to bottle that G and genius. People don't like it, though. If you put it out online, there will be people that argue that like some people are going to like, I don't know, people get weird with that because they're just like, oh, like the unintentional thing. If it's unintentional and you make a mistake, shouldn't you just get a warning or a point or blah, 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 and this, this and that. And people worry that people are going to take advantage of that, you know, the DQ and the point in one. It's just a very strange and bizarre conversation to have online. But I stand by my take. If we, I don't believe in changing no motherfucking gloves. I don't believe in this gray area where one referee can say one person did it on purpose and the next can't. That's just too much discretion, you know, to be given to one fucking person. And there's, there's no discussion of replays, a committee, nothing to really investigate to see if you did this on purpose. And I don't really think anybody has the right to decide whether it's done on purpose or not. And here's why I feel that way. When I was a police officer, Mike, and if I caught you pissing in an alley, although it's a misdemeanor, it's against the law. And if you didn't know that pissing in public was against the law, and I still have the probable cause to take you in, there is no, oh, you didn't know you were breaking the law. Go ahead and have a nice day. You get locked up. 
you get locked up. And the only time in like law enforcement, when we do start to worry about intention, if you notice, is first degree murder and things like that, where you can really divulge and break down whether this motherfucker planned a murder or did he walk in on his wife fucking? And now it's like, should we take that into consideration? You know what I mean? A crime, a passion versus like, you plan this shit, you hired a hitman and you killed your wife. Mm-hmm. There's a distinct difference. Mm-hmm. I don't think these things are comparable in MMA. I just don't think there should be like, well, I don't think he meant it. Who the fuck are you to make that decision? You know That's what I'm true. saying? Yeah. And just if we just penalize everybody the first fucking time for the grind shots, the eye pokes and the fucking knees, everybody would get their act together. We don't need motherfucking gloves. We don't need none of that. Just penalize these people and stop with the whole, I was watching a fight the other day. I can't remember what fight it was. I swear he warned somebody 50 times for reaching for the fence at at, at the cage. At what point do you just stop and take the point? Yeah. Like, and then on top of it, that fighter got 50 warnings. A different referee might be like me and be very strict and take it off the break. That's not fair either. We need clear cut, concise rules and every referee needs to follow them and we'll have less of these problems is what I think. I think the only way I would be open to um, or more accepting of the referee's discretion is if they were allowed to make use of instant replays and it didn't pull an end to the fight. That, That for me, I'd be a bit more open to it. But even then, who are you to know the okay i yes i think peter young threw the knee intentionally but there could like like on the conversely somebody could say well you don't know for a fact you're not a mind reader you don't know if like yeah oh in the throes of uh of the midst of battle if his mind was in battle mode or if he yeah and chasanka think about it whether it's intentional or not the fight can't go on someone's damn near blinded someone's crying on the floor holding their nutsack can we just hold them responsible for causing this pain Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like yeah. when I was a police officer and you said to me, oh, I grew up in Miami. We can drink in public. But when you come in D.C., you can't drink in public. It's not my responsibility that you didn't know the, the laws of D.C. versus whether you just took your Floridian laws and decided to drink here like you're on South Beach. Cops don't give a fuck. The probable cause is there. I think we need the same attitude in MMA. It doesn't matter whether it's intentional or not. Someone's on the floor crying because it's nutsack. Someone look at Bilal cried like a baby. I fucked up. There should be consequences for this and not just Leon. Like I should get a title shot. No, (laughs) Um, (laughs) no, you get in trouble for hurting him, harming him and disrupting the flow of the fight. That's just how I see it. But I think the the ruling of a no contest with that, that was the correct ruling because it was correct. It's clearly unintentional. Yes. Leon had received, uh, yeah, I think did he receive two warnings or one? But it was definitely one warning that he'd one warning re- received. Yeah, it happened. But... Come up with rules where every referee can give everybody one warning for the nut shot, the eye poke. Mm-hmm. After yeah. that one warning, either you take a point, or now you start. There, there has to be consequences, yeah, and to. there, yeah. and there has to, and it has to be every referee is the same way, no matter what state. This is what yeah. happens when you do this, and the fighters are aware of it. I'm telling you right now, folks, if we did something like that, we wouldn't even be arguing about these knees online. And to be honest with you, I hate arguing about this online. I love talking about MMA and shit, but I hate when we start fussing with each other about a fighter's intention, um, Herb Dean and his decisions and stuff. Let's just get some rules so we can just go back to having fun with this sport and also having fun online. It's yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. If they, if they were to implement 
like yeah you you basically have two strikes in, in, in a fight pretty much that that should be it one okay yeah you can be forgiven for for doing it two it doesn't matter if you did it by by, by mistake you need to make a conscious effort and uh, a change yeah. to ensure it doesn't happen again right and I, I think more so with eye pokes but it's difficult as well because like if you're trying to palm away like a person with a with with a kick or whatever you don't palm with your fist do you know what i mean it's just correct human, like, yes so it's it's difficult but that Bilal muhammad one man it was that, that that's the worst eye poke i've ever seen I've, and the the still images i don't know if you saw the bright and still image where you could see like his eyelid was being like stretched and it was oh it was, I'm surprised he doesn't have like permanent da damage right, too. I, I, uh, that's the grace of God. I really thought he was in trouble there. And I think Bilal thought the same thing because it was that bad. Like his career was on the line. It wasn't just that fight. But poor Bilal, he's trying to really milk his opportunity. Did you, and I don't blame him. I'm not shitting on him, but Bilal is really trying to stretch this. Like I got to fight Leon, even though I was number 13, he's stretching it. Then my man online talking about, he wants to coach uh, tough with Leon and um, himself. And I'm just like, you know what your ranking is? Um, not really. And when you think about it, yeah, you shoot your shot though. He yeah. thought that he would be surpassing and supplanting and basically taking Leon's spot for a title shot if he beat him. So he's not going to let that go. Especially yeah. if he's got this leverage. And he's a fan favorite. I know more people that like Muhammad Bilal than Leon Edwards. So he's yeah. taking wow. that momentum. Yes, no, I'm he serious. Like, yeah, in well, the States, he's loved. Mike, you should see my timeline. Hmm? Go ahead, just sign. Did you not follow him on Twitter as well, Mike? He's, he's hilarious. No? He's hilarious. He's hilarious. huge, yeah. uh, like, fan-wise. You know what I mean? Like, the fans in the States like him. He's also hella interactive. My friend was like, he likes all of my dog photos. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. he's in the mix with us. Like, he's on MMA Twitter. Like, he's one of us. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So, yeah. fans really appreciate him for that. And he's a bit more engaging than Leon. And he knows that. So, he's taking that, like, fan favorite engagement and all that stuff people like about him and his opportunity with Blau. And he's shooting his shot. And mm. I, even though I'm clowning him because I can see right through it, I would do the same thing. I'd have been like, can we coach tough when my eye heals up? Or, like, can I? I'd still be chasing Leon. Like, bitch, you come fight me. Come on. But man. that season of tough would, ugh, I don't even know how many viewers it would get. I'm sorry. I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. I love, but I love both, both people. And, you know, for a fact, I ride or die for Leon. Through, Me too. Through, uh, through if Leon is not coaching tough with Masvidal, I don't want to watch it because I just think they would be at each other's throats. Masvidal has the gift to gab and he would ride out whatever Leon is not capable of as far as the drama. So the only person I want to see Leon tough coach with is Masvidal, but we all know what he's doing at UFC 261. Speaking he, of which, that's a great transition there, G. That's a great handoff. Yeah. As the news broke early on Tuesday morning for us in, in the United Kingdom, late on Monday night, that the UFC are returning, or well, fans are returning in America, mm -hmm. in North America. Hold on, hold on, pause. Full capacity crowd. That's oh, the key remember. word. Full capacity crowd. Full capacity Sorry. Crowd. Yes. Y'all see my face? Pardon. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Florida, which of course began the UFC's road to uh, a, well uh, a successful end of uh, end of 2020. Obviously, there that was the venue where they hosted the first three three events uh, in this uh, pandemic world. 
The Vicar Veterans Memorial Arena will be at full capacity for UFC 261 on April 24th, if I'm correct. Anyway, if I'm, if I'm wrong, that's neither here nor there. And that card will be headlined by Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Now, as soon as I saw that, initially I was like, oh yeah, fans are back. Yeah, this, this, this is going to be awesome. But then I also remembered that we are still in the midst of a global pandemic and Florida... Y'all must have forgot, right? Yeah. Remember Roy Jones? Yeah. <laughs> to quote the great Roy Jones Jr. G, we did, we did forget. <laughs> As a collective y'all, we, we all forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember what the current death rate of... Uh, of COVID sufferers are in, in Florida is in Florida, but I'm pretty sure the last time oh, it's I- pretty damn high. Still pretty damn high. So after my initial euphoria of, of fans coming back, once once I actually broke down what it actually meant, I I, I was aghast that the UFC have made this decision that they've decided to go balls to the wall, just say yep, fans can come back in. Obviously, we don't know the full details of uh, what protocols will be in place, as in if fans will have to have a negative PCR test within 72 hours, if they're going to have to undergo, um, what's their thing? I don't, I don't, I don't want to say thermal scanning. You know when they put the temperature checks or what, or what have you, but... Ch- Chisanga, are you talking all these protocols. You know what state this is? Florida. Yes, I know. I know. I know. Those things don't exist down there, baby. They this <laughs> is it's business as usual. Business as usual. Yes, but my my main my main gripe with the UFC and, and booking this. Don't get me wrong. At, at some point, we have to go back to normal. In an ideal world, we go back to normal when COVID cases are few and far between, and and, and what have you. But. Lo and behold, this is a multi-million dollar corporation that needs to get the, the train back on the track. But my gripe with the UFC is that given that two high-profile prof- high fighters, and these high-profile fighters, of course, are Paolo Costa and Hamzat Chimaev, are still dealing with the lingering effects of COVID-19, I just can't, I can't help but feel that it's just... I'm trying to think of the, the 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 right turn of phrase. It's absolutely baffling. This is the nicest way of me putting it, that they are pressing ahead, pressing ahead with an event of full capacity when two of their two fighters and one in particular in Chemayev, well, obviously he briefly retired before intervention from uh, uh, a dictator in Chechnya, that the UFC are deciding to do that when COVID is still very much alive and well and sadly still taking people away from their from their loved ones. So I'm going to go to G first because I, I, I saw the way her face, uh, her face lit up when she reminded me that uh, USC 261 is going to be taking place in Florida. What was your initial reaction to the news that it's going to be full, full capacity at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena? And what's your thoughts on the UFC seemingly now just taking a, a somewhat blasé approach to COVID in the United States? Um- I'm going to be honest with you, y'all. I lost someone very close to me to COVID. So um, when I see companies like UFC and I see our governors opening early and I see people posting photos of themselves being reckless and partying, I, uh, I just no longer care about these types of people no more. If you would like to go out there and catch COVID and attend events that could possibly be super spreaders that you take home to 
immune compromised people or older people or that's your motherfucking business. I won't be there, Chisanga. I would not step foot in Florida. I have family in Florida, Chisanga, and they don't go outside since uh, COVID. They have their groceries delivered and they only go outside for doctor's appointments. Why? Because Florida is underwater with COVID and those people refuse to wear masks. Business as usual. Chisanga, you could get a haircut in Florida. Easy. You hear me? <laughs> You hear me? They are doing absolutely nothing for the immune compromise and that virus and its business as usual. And, and fellas, if that's how people want to act out here, I don't care no more. You see where I'm at? Safe and sound, COVID free in my hammock, swinging away. I don't give a fuck no more if people want to go out here and catch that disease and die. And if people want to go to UFC 261 and catch it and bring it home, good luck. I hope you do. I don't care anymore, y'all. Like, no, this, we don't care about each other no more. And it's all about making money and capitalism. Dana don't give a fuck about those fans. His fighters are nothing. If you catch it, good luck to you. And, you know, I hope you feel better, but they're going to keep it moving. And I have no say or nothing to say about that other than do it on your own. Don't bring COVID my way. And I wouldn't step foot in that arena. And I'm not going nowhere till I get my two shots in my arm. And I'll still wear a mask. Mike, what do you think about this? I think it's disgusting, but go ahead. You know, you know initially, I, I thought to myself, yay, just like Chisanga, the fans are back. Because for me, the whole experience, live experience of the UFC is all about the fans. But just like Chisanga, I had to kind of remind myself, pinch myself, punch myself in the face and say, look, we are, are you going of a pandemic? But you know, just to answer your question there, Chisanga, when you say that, um, what do we think of the UFC uh, suddenly, um, you know, uh, bringing back the fans and um, having this kind of like uh, laissez faire, uh, laissez faire uh, attitude? From day one, they have been laissez faire about this. From day one, they have been, this is just a cold, this is just something that will pass, but also. Don't forget, and I have to keep reminding you, we're talking about the chief gaslighter, the master of gaslighting, as well as that. This is the man who would piss in your mouth and tell you that you're drinking Maker's Mark whiskey and it's actually aged uh, for, 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 for Christmas and fineness and that you should be grateful. This is a man who basically paints his narrative and you have to actually adjust to it. So I'm not surprised, this isn't anything new, this is a consistent theme and to his respect or to give him his props and his respect, he has been relentless with this. This is a cyclical theme with, with him. No respect for COVID, no respect for fighters who have COVID. And I suppose the, the key and most important thing, no respect for fans because I've not heard the protocol. I've not heard anything about socially distanced uh, viewing. There this won't be in Florida. Full to capacity. This is how it's been built. So that's my view on it. But yeah. question, fellas, for y'all. Should we hold Dana responsible for being this loving, patriarchal man? For, you know, like, he's a promoter. Is he supposed to give a fuck about fans? Me, you, bop, 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 bop. 
I don't know. Like he's supposed to put money in their pockets. and Like I struggle with this. Like one minute I get pissed off with him for having COVID stuff, but then like not COVID stuff, but having fights during a pandemic, but he seemed to pull it off as best as he could. He tried to keep people as, as, as safe as he could. And we're still having fights going on, which I'm grateful for, but the man is a fucking promoter. He's not Jesus. Why the fuck are we looking at him to keep people safe? He's here to put money in our pockets and to make the fans spend money. He's not here to be like, no, we're not doing this because you might catch COVID, you know? So I think it's kind of silly sometimes for us to kind of expect him to be like this loving father figure. He's just the president of a, of a shady company that is doing shady business and we love it. We watch every week. And the fuck we looking at him for, you know, exactly. And as well as that, you know, you have to really look at the mark of a man in terms of his action when he talks about safety, but he's breaking his own safety protocols. Have you seen him wear a mask? Have you seen him actually rock up cage side as is stipulated by everybody else mandatory to wear a mask? Not only that, this is the same man who looked at Kamzat Chemaev and said that he was overreacting, he was emotional, when he was spitting blood into a sink because he's still living through COVID. That's what I'm saying, the mark of a man, you have to kind of judge him by his words and by his deeds. But I suppose the key, and I, and I think that the damning thing about this is, forget all of that, park all of that about him being the promoter, him being um, the head of an organization of fighters. Mm -hmm. What about the safety of the fans? We need to keep coming back to this because their safety is not being considered. No, and I, I, can you put, Michael, the the governors don't care about the safety of their own citizens. So why would Dana follow suit? In in the US right now, you have governors um, easing up restrictions because like hospital rates went down by like 2%. That's, that's insane. Like they don't care about the, 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 the stress and, and, and of the healthcare workers. Yes. Hospitalizations have gone down, but those people need a break of taking care of people and being worn out. Then governors don't care. You can't ask Dana White to care either. And on top of it, our society is run by a capitalist society. If we don't feed into this money machine, we can't have all these nice things that I'm looking at in my home. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, I don't know. It's really hard to be like this nurturing, promoting, really good guy and also try to put money in your pockets during a pandemic. He has to kind of get around this pandemic. And unfortunately, really looking out for the fans is probably just not at the top of his, you know, to-do list. And it's the top of the to-do list is money. And also two fellas, I don't give a fuck about fans. I don't want them back until I buy a ticket and go back to a fight. I like my no fans in my living room. I like hearing all the intimate shit we never get to hear. So I guess UFC 261, we don't get to hear Masvidal talk shit in Usman's ear. I'm, I'm going to miss that stuff. Like, I don't want no fans back. And then they're all going to get sick and spread it and kill their family members. So it's just all yeah. bad for me. I, 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 given, given the approach that they took in, in Fight Island and I have a firsthand account of all the measures that they put in to ensure that the, uh, the event was, 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 was COVID-free until uh, Otman Azaitar decided to, <laughs> to, to, break, to break protocols. But anyway. For potatoes. For potatoes. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> I the whole thing would sit 
sit better with me if, as if, as I said, the UFC had released some protocols and said, okay, X, Y, and Z will be happening. You will be required to have a, a negative PCR test 48 hours within uh, before before the event. If that's the case, then I'll be a bit a bit more receptive to 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 the idea. Mm. But as it currently stands, like I just don't like. Well, just think it. Just think of like this situation. Somebody could have COVID. No, they no, they could have COVID. They might recover. And what's the? I think I think the scientists say it's like a ten day period where you're infectious because obviously you're meant to isolate for ten days. Right. But different people's bodies react differently. So you could like Joe Schmo down the block might stop being infectious five days, but then Karen down the street. I don't know why I said Karen. But <laughs> Karen down the street, she could be infectious for fifteen. And then she goes to the event and then like, but, you know what Tosanka, I mean? Nobody cares anymore. That's why it, my spiel was from like personal. Like I don't yeah, care no, I, anymore about these people. Like it is so sad as a society, how we cannot get together to kind of keep this virus in check. And yeah. we just really don't care if somebody's grandmother dies and yours doesn't. And I'm tired of caring. I just kind of wear my mask and stay in the house and I take care of myself. And I would, if I lived in Florida, I wouldn't go near that fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm being responsible for myself and others. And I'm sorry, Americans just really don't care about others unless as long as they don't have it and they're good and they have no symptoms, they're going to go to that fight and not care about others. And I implore everybody just care about yourself. Wear the mask, keep your grandma safe, and mind your business because that's what I do. So if they want to go to that fucking super spreader event, enjoy. I don't care. Yeah, and actually, Mike, speaking of super spreader events, it was, uh, I, I believe it's today that Cheltenham Festival started. And obviously, you remember, you remember last year, the Cheltenham Festival, yeah. that, was a, that was a super spreader event. And there was talk. They what is a Cheltenham festival it's a, a horse racing festival where they have like about three or four days of horse racing uh but it's attended by loads and loads of people loads of people just go and get drunk throughout the day and, and what have you I thought it was twenty thousand people who get to those but carry on mike sorry i thought it was twenty thousand people at the last i think so yeah, yeah. 20, people over the course of like three days so yeah. yeah and then they went off to all their other places and and what have you and there was also a Champions League match between Liverpool and Atletico Madrid. And this is when I think Spain had more cases of COVID. The Spanish fans came to Liverpool and then obviously they were all interacting with other fans. And then Liverpool, as we saw, was hit badly by, by COVID to begin with. So we know the effects of these super spreader uh, events, but lo and behold, it's going on. But if yeah. it goes on with, if there are protocols in place, like I, I know G uh, it, it said that it's Florida and shit, shit like that doesn't happen in Florida. If there were protocols in place with temperature checks, uh, PCR tests, again, as I said earlier, I'd be a bit more receptive to it. But even still, yeah. I do not like the idea. Just have, just have 5,000 fans there. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. Like, it's still going to create some sort of an atmosphere and, and what have you. Yes, I get it. You want to be first. You want to come back and be the first major sport to have all fans back in the building. But at what cost? Do you know yeah. what, I mean? what cost? Yeah. No. But- yeah. And imagine like the reason why I don't mean to shit on Florida, but like I live in New York and look at the difference between New York and Florida. If you step outside right now in my neighborhood, every store has a sign that says no mass, no entry. If you go to Florida, there are stores that say 
do not wear a mask. We don't believe in that here. Yes, there are places in Florida that are not cutting down on capacity. They are encouraging people to wear, not wear masks. I just saw online, there's also restaurants, like the sign out front will say that. We don't believe in this. Come on in and eat normally. That's the that's the attitude of Florida. And and Florida has gatherings. If they are acting like a pandemic is not going on and it's your responsibility to make sure you don't catch the virus and it's you can get a haircut, you can do whatever you like. So if you're expecting UFC to to have protocols within the state that doesn't really, you know, push for protocols, I don't know. I don't I wouldn't expect too much here. Wow. But to each his own. I just saw someone tweet that they're going to that fight. This kid yeah. I follow was like, I'm going. I'm going to risk it. More power to you, motherfucker. Nah, like- <laughs> like, obviously, people will say, well, you went to Abu Dhabi. You were there for two weeks or what have you. But yes. UFC you felt has- safe? Yeah, yeah, I felt safe. I, I, yes. I felt safe. There, there were a couple of times where I think I tricked myself into thinking mentally because I like I had a cough and a bit of sore throat. I was like, oh my God, I've got it. I've got it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we all do that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you cough like, once, you have COVID. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't the case. And thankfully that wasn't the case. But the UFC took, and uh, I, I can't remember the name of the, the company that the UFC teamed up with. They took a lot of precautions. They A lot of precautions were taken to ensure the safety of the fighters. Yeah media members and the fans that did come to 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 the event i mean i i think if if it's not going to happen if it's not going to happen for florida i think financially financial reasons would probably be a big big part of it because i mean to to be able to have that like to 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 what's the word i'm, I'm thinking of to implement what they did in Abu Dhabi on such a larger scale for a 15,000 capacity full capacity arena would be would cost a lot of money they're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a, a, a each his own, to each his own type of, you know, environment. And I wonder if they're going to like make you sign a clause or something like you can't sue them for that. Like you voluntarily went to like a super yeah, spreader course. event. Right. Like you can't. They're going to have to. Correct. Because yeah. somebody, you know, Americans will sue for anything. I've no Americans will sue if the coffee's <laughs> too hot and you spill it on your lap at McDonald's. Remember that person got rich. Wow. You know, so that's a real lawsuit. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, you have to when you run a business like Dana White, you have to be like leery of those types of people. So I wonder what type of covid you can't sue us if you if grandma dies when you come home from this event. <laughs> I wonder what type of protocols they're going to have. But I implore anybody like that account that said he was going to go. My man, two masks, hand sanitizer and yeah. just. Be very, very careful because, you know, like it, like the reports are saying it, it, you, it might not affect you. But when you go home and kiss your grandma, you know, you might be kissing her goodnight for, you know, yeah, for, no, real, for real. So that's the scary part, you know. But what I hope, what, what, I mean, in an ideal world, like I know it's never going to happen. And obviously people would say, oh, you're infringing on my freedoms by trying to impose this. But you'd like to see everybody that went to that event be forced to quarantine for at least a week. Do you know what I mean? Something. Yeah. Something, something like that, that shows we like care that. to. Yeah. Because yeah. it shows like you went to an event, but you care enough to be as safe as possible. Exactly. Exactly that. And I'm just telling y'all as the person stateside, don't expect that from Florida. <laughs> wow. Yep. Every state is different. New York, it's I feel different. safer out Florida here. Yeah. Is completely different. Florida. 
should be its own country, to be honest, I think. Yeah, I would say right now, be careful in the U.S. when it comes to COVID. I'm no expert, but from what I'm hearing, it's um, Texas, Florida, um, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia is pretty bad. And Georgia as a state and also the, the Dakotas. Arizona was hot for a minute, but I haven't heard too much lately. But I know the Dakotas, Texas, Florida, you know, hot spots in Georgia are really, really like and hot spots, meaning like they kind of just live normally out there. So that those are places you have to be very careful. And I'm, I'm not just saying that from the news. I actually had a friend from Twitter go to Florida. She had a long layover. She stepped, you know how you step out on a layover yeah, to yeah. hang out? She said she had to come back to the airport because she, when she stepped out, she was stunned that Florida was living like there wasn't a pandemic. And she oh, had, yeah. she would rather stay in the airport in Florida in the layover than to venture out like most of us do safely with a mask. She said it was so surreal to her. She stepped out the airport. They were living normally. So wow. good so luck at that event. From crowds being at UFC events to no crowds at UFC events. We've got uh, Brunson versus Holland this coming Saturday. In the time-honored fashion, I'm going to kick off by saying, and it's only because, you know, I I suppose just to pay respects to Kairos and the fact that he has got me so head up about this, I'm looking forward to Marion Renault versus Macy Chesson, only because... Like I say, Kairos has got me up for this. Kairos has got me really, really pumped and looking forward to this. How about you guys? How about you, G? Who are you looking forward to? Hold on. I'm going to pass the mic to Jasanga because let me just take a look at the card real okay. quick. Go Sanga. ahead. Um, interesting uh, lightweight matchup. I, I think it, it's the co-main event. If, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. The uh, return of Gregor Gillespie against Brian Riddell, because correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Gregor Gillespie has fought since that vicious, vicious KO loss to Kevin Lee at uh, UFC 244. I remember when he, um, I, I was about to say he got sh- head kicked to the shadow realm, but I won't say it like that. He, yeah, you're uh, right, by the way, it, it is the co-main event. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, that's, a, that's a really interesting fight. I, I, I believe Lee's still, uh, not Lee, um, Gillespie somehow still ranked, even though he hasn't fought since 15. No- Yep. Yeah, since November 2019. Um, I'm trying to think who else is on that card off the top of my head. Uh, obviously, the main event, that's like a, a that well, obviously, it's the, it's the biggest fight on the card. But I mean, that's the one that has the most ramifications in terms of divisional progress. And especially now that Robert Whitaker is in need of a dance partner. Mm. After Paulo Costa's uh, withdrawal from... The after effects of COVID, but one of his managers says, yeah, it's, it's just the flu, but it's not COVID. So I'm really looking forward to that. And obviously, Derek Brunson's been like resurgent. He obviously he stopped the Edmund Shabazzian hype train. Yeah. He's got a three fight win streak since losing to Izzy. He fights different now. People he don't fights. realize that. He fights completely different now. He does not bum rush. He uses like offensive wrestling and defensive wrestling a lot more than he has in the past. And I'm intrigued as well as to how Kevin Holland deals with like this new resurging Derek Brunson. And also Derek is higher in the rankings and Kevin is a little bit lower. He's number 10 and Derek's number seven. So I think this clash matters. And I'm intrigued with Gregor Gillespie. Has he gotten over that stunning KO? That was a big deal. Is he going to be okay in the cage? Because that was scary. But at the same time, I'm intrigued with Rad Riddell. Because his hands are nice, but I do think he suffers a little bit in the takedown defense department, correct? So yeah, I, I agree. this is 
Yeah, so this is going to, if Gregor is 100% back himself and doesn't have the psychological issues of being knocked out so viciously, he could win this and drown the boy with, with dress, wrestling, not the boy, I'm so disrespectful, drown the man with wrestling, <laughs> excuse me, Brad, I love you, he could drown Brad with wrestling or Brad is going to thump him up because of the ring rust and the psychological difficulties he could face. Yeah, well, but, go ahead, go ahead. No, you touched on psychological uh, difficulties he could face. Obviously, coming back from uh, it, pretty much was a viral KO that uh, the uh, MSG that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of course, Jeep. That was our first card together. That's where we met. Remember? Ooh, yeah. Chisanga was Chisanga and Matthew Davies were the only people nice to me, and those are my two friends, and we still are friends to this day, man. Y'all, y'all media people are mean backstage. Chisanga <laughs> was so nice. I was like the new girl and no one wanted to talk to me. Everybody was just, it's like, it's a whole different ball game. So thank you, Chisango, for being nice to me. And I'm glad we met. Uh, You know, I don't know if you disagree with me here, Chisango, but it does, depending on who you're next to or who you speak to, it does really feel as though it's very competitive. I need to get my content and I need to get my content out there first and I'll trample over you and I'll talk over you to ensure that I get that. So and if they don't know you, they don't know you. They don't look at you. There's no yep. good morning, but they all know each other. So I remember being there like, I'd like a friend, you know, <laughs> and Chisanga <laughs> became that friend real quick. Y'all, y'all know I talk too damn much real quick. Just re- Mike likes when I do this reminder, reminder, Leonardo Santos is fighting on this card. That's someone to look out for. He's pretty damn good, but he's just always injured and he's old, but he's good. He's and he's fighting. Hard. If I'm correct, right? He's yeah, yeah. he's pretty good though. He he, he, he fought my boy, Lerone Murphy. Mm-hmm. And then he's gonna go at it with Grant Dawson. Trevin Giles is always fun to watch. Uh, look out for Montel Jackson. And I I, I look forward to Macy Shiasson and Marion yeah. Renault too. And I hope Macy beats her ass because Marion is Team MAGA, Team supports you know a lot of the bullshit we don't agree with. And I hope Macy beats her ass for it. Going back you know, to the Gillespie thing, because we uh, we we got sidetracked because I, when I realized that that was at the the card where we met, and remember they provided us some dope pizza at the end of the. It was so needed. I was so was fucking so needed. So needed, like pizza and beer. The UFC are good for you. Like after like after an event, they'll take care of you food wise. Before but, an event, they take care of you food wise. I know Mike I, was blowing me up. Like, gee, what are you eating? I'm like, Mike, don't you want content? Like, I'm interviewing somebody. Mike's like, girl, what are you eating? <laughs> anyway, going back to Gregor Gillespie, gee, you touched on the psychological ramifications of the the viral KO, but mm-hmm. we also got to think factor in is that was Gregor's first loss. I believe he was undefeated. If he if, was, I think he was. Let undefeated. me double check. Yeah. I think he was, yep, yeah, 13 and 1. Was he? Yeah, I didn't want to jump on that, but yeah, uh, you're right. Another psychological hurdle that he, he's going to have to overcome because there are a lot and of fighters. ring rust. Yeah, ring rust as well. And there's a lot of fighters who, when they're uh, when they're the hammer for so long, they, they're they absolute shit. They're on top of the world. But when they become the nail for one fight, it changes them psychologically. And so that's, that's another factor that's... Uh, yeah, and Brad is not rusty. But Brad's takedown exactly. division can come into question. Takedown defense, takedown division. What's wrong with me, y'all? <laughs> um, his takedown defense can be questioned. So this is a, actually a very intriguing matchup competitive, competitively and also what's going on with Gregor. And But, like, fuck this, y'all. Who wins, Derek Brunson or Kevin Holland? Uh, 
Geez, that's a tough one, man. Ain't it hard? See, yeah. see, I think like uh, we, we 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 touched on it there that this um this renewed approach from from Derek from Derek Bronson. It's kind of almost like the renaissance uh, or the transformation that Justin Gaethje went through, like uh, because, uh, after his back to back losses to uh, to Poirier and and, and Eddie mm-hmm. Alvarez. So I think I think Kevin Holland is is going to get him. I think I think he's kind of got in Brunson's head to, to begin with because Kevin has been talking mad shit on social media. Mad shit. Talking. What's mad he been shit. saying? I don't I don't yeah. follow any fighters. What has he been saying? Oh, just just like with the memes and stuff and and, and what have you. Like good. We've we've all seen Derek. He can he can get a bit emotional. Like I remember the the Adesanya fight. I think. I kind of think Adesanya won the mental warfare at that 25th anniversary press conference. And subsequently that translated to Derek's performance on the night. Although me saying that makes it sound as if Izzy wasn't world-class, he was world-class on that night. So if Derek has been affected by this, I, I see a a stoppage for, uh, for Kevin Holland. I'm going to go with Kevin to get the win, but uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go for Kevin to get the win. I think it's going to, no, I'm going to, Say a third round TKO. And one more. I have two more things. Mike is looking at the time like, bitch, if you don't shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> also, <in>. update, <laughs> update. Mike likes this. Again, Adrian Yanez is fighting Gustavo Lopez. That's going to be a barn burner. And guys, pay attention to Adrian. He's surging right now. And he's fighting like he ain't come from the contender series. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those. He's a contender series pup that's fighting like he's been doing this for years. Keep an eye out on him. One last question, because I'm struggling with this. We're going to jump ahead. This came up in Twitter spaces, and I felt like a dumbass. Who the fuck wins between Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky? Oh, I don't Y'all, the fight footage I'm going to have to watch for this? Yeah. Really? I'm talking about really. Going Volko. Yeah. Twitter spaces went with him, too. Yeah. There you go. It's like a no-brainer, but... You tell me why I'm out of pocket here, uh, Chisanga. Oh, man. Did you not see how good Brian Ortega looked in that comeback fight? Yeah. Twitter yeah. Spaces said that's recency bias mm. and we should not fall for it. Somebody checked me hard in the Twitter space because I said the same shit. They were like, Gina, what's the path to victory? I was like, did you not see the new and improved Brian Ortega? <laughs> this is true. They was like, settle down with your recency bias. Paul so, yeah. will come up on top. Yeah. Okay, now then, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do or who to pick. Is, okay, so Brian Ortega, he's, he's the taller man. He's going to have a bit of a reach advantage over Volkanovski. So Volkanovski is going to have to get in close to land his strikes. So if Brian can, can force a clinch, possibly pull guard from that position, there's there's a possible route to victory for him. Look, I, I, I'm saying it as if it's easy to take Volkanovski down. That that's. I was just going to say, that's like taking him down. It. But there, there is a path to victory for him. But yeah. But then again, he could find himself. You know, when taller fighters fight the shorter fighters, they 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 have trouble with landing their own strike. Yeah, they fight their fight. They, they fight yeah, their they... Fight. exactly. Mm-hmm. So that that conversely could could happen. But yeah, I, I I just think that featherweight division is like on fire. I think you kind of I know isn't for for I think over nearly five hundred days now or what have you. But we've also got Zabit Magomed Sharipov to come back into the mix as well. So it's, it's kind yeah, of where like, the hell is he? Uh, shit, Dagestan. <laughs> so you you've kind of kind of got like the four horsemen of the uh of the featherweight division. You've got Max, you've got Zabi. Hold on, hold on, pause. Max, who can't really 
get past the third round. Sharapov, yeah. Keep, 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 keep going with that. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's throwing shots as the beats gas tank, which rightfully so, it's pretty fucking yeah. bad. <laughs> okay. Anyway, right. you, as, you, as you were. Yeah, so you've got, you've got, <laughs> he's in the mix. I don't care what you say. You've got, you've got, uh, <laughs> you've got Volkanovsky and you've got Ortega. And I think, I think there's going to just be a round robin between those. Those guys are going to fight each other multiple times over the next few years. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm glad I was able to bring this up to you because when they hit me with this in Twitter spaces, no bullshit. I was like, uh, what the fuck? Like, I don't, I don't know who to pick. And then they send me when I went with Brian Ortega. So I think we got a lot. (laughs) I think I got a lot of fight footage to watch. And I love the insight you both of you have given me on this. Mike is going Volkanowski and Mm. Chisanga. You're like me. We're stuck on. What about the magic of Brian Ortega though, baby? Yeah. Yeah. Look, he looked good against Zombie. He really did look good. Yeah. And I kind of want him to win Brian Ortega so that Max comes back, beats him up, and this becomes the rightful champ of that division. (laughs) That's my man. (laughs) I I love Max Holloway and whatever. And I think he was on the wrong end of of one decision. I think the first fight. The first one he lost, I thought. The first one he lost. The second one he won for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but may, may, maybe Volko just has his number. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it 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 could if they fight again and Volk wins again, he just kind of knows how to beat Max. Exactly, that's and just what it is. Yeah. Thing is as well, like I mean, it's it's hard to sell. Like, uh, well, in in the eyes of the casual fan, which is at the end of the day is what we're tra- like, who we're trying to appeal to and grow this for. It's hard to sell a title fight, a third fight with uh, b- between the two of them. And it's a chess match, too. It's not some, like, barn burner. It's something exactly. purely for the hardcore fans and purists. Like, me and you are going to be dialed into it like this. Yeah, exactly. But, but someone, my co-worker or the casual fan is going to be like, uh, what a, yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? The, oh, kind yeah. of like, uh, you remember when the UFC booked uh, the third fight between Vandalay and Rampage? Yes. Obviously, Vandalay won the previous two brutally, but the UFC were like, okay, this this is just going to be a barn burn fight. Let's just put it put it. To, let's just put it. Together. You can run that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what shape Rampage Jackson is in because judging from the Rampage that fought Fedor <laughs> a while back, I bet you Vandalay would be down to thump his ass though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Overweight or not, I and bet you they'd up. have fun. The memes of the memes of uh, rampages that came out after that fight. Do you remember? Uh, they were horrific. You know, <laughs> How quickly he took the mat when he felt the power of Fedor. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you remember what season was uh, the heavyweights of tough with Kimbo? So season ten. Season ten. Do you remember the guy who we always used to clown and call titties? Titties. over. Yeah, and then people like did a there's a there's a photo of Rampage touching Schoonover on the chest or the, the man boob or whatever, and then they switched it around and whatever. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I can't remember what somebody put. It's like, oh, you, I, I can't remember it, but basically, it's like, if you talk shit, eventually that shit will happen to you. Well, that was, yeah, that was I, I love Rampage when he said that, um. Rashad Evans and John Jones was black on black crime or remember he or when he or he was due to fight somebody and he was like y'all ready for some black on black crime I will never forget that shit and the man did it after he beat someone up took the mic and told the fans that him fighting whoever was next the black man it was gonna be black on black crime I that is just in my hall of fame from rampage <laughs> See, as you've got the mic 
Chisanga, open the show. You're going to close it. I'm going to close the show. (laughs) Damn. All right. Well, listen, folks, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you. We miss Tyros. He'll be back to yell at you next week like he usually does. (laughs) Happy to see Chisanga in the bed, and I'm happy his wifey made an appearance with the bear. Always good to see you, Michael. We'll be we'll be we'll chat again on Sunday. I'll be upset about something, I'm sure. And um, thanks for joining us. See you next week, folks. Separate the weak from the opsa Leap hard to creep the Brooklyn street It's on again, stop all that bickering beat Beat